book. Their concrete work is this is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. At 701-866-9018. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNMZ, Holly Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have our main event here. That's me. We also have Granny. She is there. Hey, Granny, how are you? I'm good. Ready for another amazing show on 89.1 Ken's FM tonight. And I bet you the nightmare is here as well. Yeah, I am here live in studio, ready to have another show on 89.1 Ken's FM. All right. Well, let's catch everybody up. Let's first uh, talk about who we're going to have on the show tonight. Our first guest right out of the shoot will be Marissa Morgan. She's an actress. She's a hand model. She's this. She's that. She's just about everything that you can think of all rolled up in one package. We'll talk to her. We're also going to have Joanna Hodge with us as well. She's also an actress. She's been in a few different movies, so she can talk to us about those. And the legend himself, Rikishi Fatu, will be joining us as well tonight. I bet you guys were not expecting that, were you? Oh, wow. Wow, that's that's awesome. Because I got to so, see him at WrestleCon last year when I was out there with my family and my friend from New York. So I got to see Rikishi. I'm actually friends with him. All right. Well, we'll see if uh, he remembers you. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he will. (laughs) All right. And let's catch up on our current events here. We'll start with Granny first, as always. Granny, what's new with you? Well, you know, um, had a wonderful Mother's Day, you know. I mean, didn't do nothing spectacular because our big, you know, weekend was last weekend when we took Anthony to wrestling for a cause for Vandetta. And they really, um, they made him feel really special that night and everything. So I had a quiet Mother's Day and didn't do a whole lot, you know. So um, it's been pretty quiet. I mean, I've got... I don't have wrestling coming up for a couple more weeks yet till June sometimes. So, you know, I just catching up on some stuff around the house and, you know, just doing, just trying to catch up on my rest, you know. I mean, I've been busy lately, but, you know, it's all good. So everything's good. Everybody's fine. Everybody's good. So we're good. So. All right. But I bet you... The modern nightmare has had some wrestling in his past and coming up. I I would guess. 
Yeah, I uh, actually just on Saturday uh, worked for a brand new promotion uh, called Rudo's Promotion. It's a Lucha Libre style out of Minneapolis. Uh, Friday I got to go to uh, do a bachelor party for my good friend getting married, and then after that I went home, quickly slept as much as I could, then drove to Minneapolis where I made my debut in Rudo's in a tag team match, and uh, and now it's just after that. Now I'm moving on to uh, my next weekend where I'll be in Mandan and Fargo, and then the next weekend I'll be defending my APW World Heavyweight Championship at uh, in Chippewa Falls. Well, that sounds interesting. Do you know who your opponent is yet? Uh, Devlin Kane, who uh, tried to stick his nose in my business in my last match, and um, he decided to challenge me for the title. Therefore, I accepted. And and I always like to tell—I don't know why—but he is a—he uh, dresses like a Viking, but he lives in Wisconsin, which is uh, completely contradictory to, you know, sports teams. But you know, I'll just—I'll take it as it goes, and I'll just defeat him as easy as I always do, and then I'll just uh, successfully defend my title and call it a night. Well, yeah, that does sound pretty contradictory, but I would guess there's a lot of Green Bay Packer fans that might be jumping ship after Aaron Rodgers jumped ship. So, well, actually, Aaron Rodgers didn't jump on jump ship. He jumped on a jet and left Green Bay. So there might be a lot of fans in Green Bay that might not be fans anymore after he left. I don't think Jordan Love is going to bring them to the promised land. Of course, I did say that about Rodgers, but I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the answer. Well, you know, with with uh, it's just like with us Viking fans. You know, we stick with uh, we stick with our team until the end, regardless. We always cheer on our fans, and I think uh, Green Bay has uh, just as strong enough fan base as the Vikings do, and no matter who they have as their quarterback. I mean, yeah, there might be a few people that no longer cheer for the Packers because Rodgers is gone, but there's also people that are still going to be Lambeau fans because they like to go to their, their homeland and drink alcohol and watch their team play. So, I mean, who knows? Well, anyway, let's catch up to my current event. Did anybody, did either of you guys check out my Facebook Live this week on Friday? I did, I did and congratulations. I mean, that's, Absolutely amazing. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to let every, catch everybody up that does not know. I am not very good when it comes to keeping secrets. So when it comes to, like, giving Christmas presents and everything, I didn't even wrap them because I just want to give them right away when I buy them to people. However, this, this last week, Bernadette and I, we bought our house, and we've been trying for three years to buy a house, and after three years of nay, no, no, you don't qualify, we can't get you qualified, you'll never qualify, da 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 this, that, 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 that. we finally got it done. And I am proud to say that I'm a homeowner with my lovely wife, Bernadette. It's a beautiful home. We have a four-bedroom home with two bathrooms, a two-star garage, and Matthias, I'm definitely going to be inviting out to try out the housewarming gift that our realtor gave us. He gave us a glow-in-the-dark basketball net and basketball for the hoop that I have outside. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. Get some of the Invaders players or something or some wrestlers and have a good time and play some hoops. And I'll tell you what, we're, we're on a two-acre lot. So wow. there is a lot of room in the front yard to have barbecues and get-togethers. Also, our plan is to 
to have a, a gathering of our friends, like a little housewarming party after we get everything all situated. One of the things that we have ordered, Bernadette and myself, we have, have you ever heard of a multi-game dining room table? Yeah. Yeah. So on this particular dining room table, it's a dining room table, it's a billiard table, and it's a table tennis table. So if uh, we're waiting for, if we're waiting to get food from the kitchen, we just pop up the top of the table, play a little pool, play a little table tennis, put the top of the table back down, and then eat, and then play again. It's going to be great. Wow, that's awesome. And I even have my own hey, little I, man cave as well. I, I kind of got to ask you, is that a modular home, or is it like a manufacturing home? Because it almost looks like a double-wide. Well, it is, it, is a, it is a manufactured home, and here's okay. the interesting thing about that. It was originally, you know, it was originally on wheels because it was, uh, it was a manufactured home so they could move it anywhere. The interesting thing about this is because it was on wheels originally, it had to be registered with the DMV. I don't know if you guys were aware of this or not. So the guy that we bought the house from, never switched the title from the original owner to his name. So we had to have, we had to go find the original owner who happened to live in Colorado, sign off that he did sell a house 11 years ago. So if uh, the guy would not have been around or passed away or whatever, we would have been delayed another two or three months going through probate and all this other stuff. So I'm glad we were able to get that taken care of. That's why I never wanted to announce that we are buying a house. We actually started this process in February. So February, March, April, May, I've actually been able to keep this quiet for four months, which is a record for me. I usually can't keep anything quiet for two days. Mm-hmm. So I guess technically with my with us buying a house, I guess I kept tape, babe, I guess. Indeed. So what does Homer and your kitty cat think of it? They have not been there yet. Ah, we we want to make sure uh, we need to find a mover uh, to move all our stuff. Unfortunately, with uh, the surgery I had on Thursday, uh, I am not able to really lift anything or do anything right at the moment. And how are, and how are you feeling, by the way? I feel like I got gut kicked, and I am in severe pain right now, uh, and I have been in pain for four days. Actually, this is day number five of the pain. So, Matthias, I actually feel like I went through a hardcore match against you, and you kept on kicking me in the gut. Well, you know, I mean, hardcore matches, they do cause some uh, some pretty uh, intense injuries. I mean, I get injured just getting out of the ring, so I could kind of imagine what you feel, especially with getting kicked in the gut repeatedly. It's not uh, It's not pretty, especially when, yeah, just it's, it's not good. However, I'm a survivor, and I will get this taken care of. So once we find a mover, we will have them come pack all our stuff up, move everything, and get all the furniture that we need into our house from our apartment. And once we get everything all arranged, that's when I will announce our housewarming party, hopefully Matthias. I know, Grant, you won't be able to come up for a while, but hopefully Matthias when uh, your wrestling slows down towards the end of the summer, you'll be willing to come on out and check it out and 
Well, well my challenge for a one-on-one match. Well, basketball. Well, well, we will see. Uh, we'll see what my uh, schedule appears to be because right now I'm booked out till. Uh, I'd have to. I'm, I'm booked out almost like every weekend for another few months. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what develops, and we'll see what uh, what my schedule looks like. Well, we'll we'll, we'll make it happen. Anyway, you and I will have like a, a three contest deal. We'll do table tennis. We'll do billiards, and then we'll do basketball. All right, sounds good. All right. So it looks like our first guest waiting in the wings, but we need to take a quick little break. We'll be back after these messages, so stick with us and wait for our first guest right after this. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she knows acting. She knows the news. She is the most beautiful hand model in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the double M herself. She is Marissa Morgan. What up, everybody? This is Marissa Morgan, and you are listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Woo! So what how are that? you, Marissa? Good to have you with us tonight. It is awesome to be here. And uh, it's funny you brought up the hand modeling um, because I just saw my hand on TV not 10 minutes ago for Bush's Baked Beans, and I laughed. <laughs> Wait. You were a hand model for Bush's Baked Beans? Yeah, literally. Like, the commercial just came out, and uh, there's, like, a pile of hot dogs, and this hand takes a hot dog and, like, drags that hot dog through the Bush's Baked Bean sauce. And I was like, that's my hand. There it is. Like, I just I shot that in February, and there it is. So, yeah, hand modeling is a thing, and uh, I, I do it well. I, I do it well. Well, I guess we'll – Look, I don't think there's any way that we're going to be able to top that. We're just going to go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. We're just going to roll the credits for the show because there's no way that we're going to be able to top that after you told us that. It's pretty fun. It's it's so weird, I'll tell you. Um, being in the entertainment business, I'm still constantly surprised at how many people are involved in productions, you know, and and how much energy and effort and you know, just one tiny little five-second clip of my hand with a hot dog and beans, like how much work goes into that. I mean, I know, we've, you know, you guys do a lot on wrestling, and there's just so much that goes into entertainment and wrestling and acting and production work. I just, it's crazy. It still blows my mind, and I've been doing it for, for years. I'm sure you guys feel the same way, no? Well, yeah, we're, we're going to talk to you a lot. Uh, I'm going to ask you more questions about the hand modeling thing in a little while. However, we're, we're going to talk about uh, some of the movies that you've been in. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable. Uh, then we'll come back to me. I'll ask you the tougher questions. So, you, you, you know, you're, you're an actress. You're a hand model. We just, we just uh, 
talked about that. You've been involved in some interesting uh, movies and stuff. Did, did you also do news? I'm sorry, did I do what? Did you do news? I have done some sideline reporting, so not officially, um, you know, like CNN or Fox, but I've been a sideline reporter for, like, the Heartland Poker Tour. I've actually played a reporter in a ton of movies, and uh, most recently I was a podcast host for, for a tech company for a year. So not straight-up news, but in a roundabout way. I definitely have uh, played that reporter role in a variety of different uh, fashions, a lot of red carpet stuff. And you've all, uh, we, have, uh, we have Marissa Morgan as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We've got 28 minutes here with uh, Marissa. And we're going to have a little fun here. This is going to be great. When you, when you are uh, doing your, your different uh, roles, whether it be uh, doing a news acre on the small screen or acting on the big screen? Do you prefer one or the other? You know, I love any role that I can be myself. I do love creating characters. I love, you know, the chance to play somebody that's not necessarily me. But I love getting the opportunity to just showcase my personality and be myself. So, I love roles that are hosting where I get to just, you know, welcome somebody to, you know, a video or, you know, host an event or a podcast where I get to just talk and interview and, and uh, engage with people. I love those kinds of roles. And um, I, I did a lot of home shopping. I have about 10 years of experience in the home shopping industry, and I really love getting to be on air. And, and just being myself. I love making people laugh. So I would say and that's what I love the most. I'm definitely going to ask you a few questions about that, because I also used to work in the home shopping arena when I first got into uh, television production. I was actually working for a company in the cities. Now, their competitor was QVC. I'm not going to re re uh, reveal their name because they're no longer in business. But I'm going to ask you a little bit about that as well. But before we do that, I know that Granny Hulkster loves hand models because Granny Hulkster has those hands that if you're a bad guy wrestler, she'll reach out and she'll, uh, she'll like, you know, want to slap you or choke you or whatever. So she, she can use her hands, too. So, Granny, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. It sounds like you're a woman with many talents, and um, that's pretty amazing. So what has been your most interesting thing you've done, whether it's been a movie or, you know, hand modeling or, or you know, TV appearance? What has been one of your most interesting things that you've done in your career? And you can't say our show because that's you know what I got? Okay, so I actually have two answers to that, if that's cool. The first sure. one being the most, yeah, the first one being the most interesting, and then the second one being one of the coolest. The most interesting was I had the opportunity to be a, basically a stand-in or a body double for Drew Barrymore. Wow. For, yeah, for an ad agency. They were doing... Um, she was on that show called The Clarita Diet, 
where mm-hmm. they like, you know, she, she like ate humans or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and the, the ad agency was trying to decide what they wanted the show poster to look like, right? So I show up on set. And another actor shows up, and he looks like, I think the actor was like Timothy Oliphant or something like that. Um, anyway, so I'm like, oh, wow, like, you look like this actor. And he's oh, you kind of look like Drew Barrymore. I'm like, oh. And then they're like, okay, guys, so this is what we're doing today. And they're like, you're going to be Drew Barrymore's <clears throat> body double stand-in, and you're going to be Timothy, I think, was the actor, you know, his stand-in. We need you guys to just reenact, like, all these different scenarios, but – Every scenario, you're going to be, like, in some way covered in blood. So, literally, we spent the afternoon, like, feeding each other, like, fake body parts, like, putting fake body parts in grinders, like, just literally putting on raincoats and being, like, blood just poured on us. Like, anything that had to do with cannibalism, eating people, blood, like, him and I got to know each other very well. And we spent the afternoon, probably about four hours, just covered in blood and it's fun because I got some behind the scenes photos of that shoot and it was just really cool and weird um, but it was fun to see what movie poster they ended up you know using from all those basic basic like idea shots and stuff so that was that that was the most interesting just being covered with blood all day in different positions and etc um, the most fun yeah, good thing it wasn't the winter done, time <laughs> <laughs> what's that Good thing it wasn't the winter time. Yeah, that'd be uh, be a little uncomfortable, little little disgusting. <laughs> the whole thing was just insane, insane. Um, and blood, it, like they use like corn syrup and they like put red food dye. It's 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 a disaster. It's not fun to get off of you. Um, but the most fun thing I did was appearing on an episode of Fuller House because I don't know about you guys, but I grew up watching Full House. Oh, I did, too. I did, too. Okay. Yeah, so to be in the living room with, what is it, DJ Tanner and Stephanie and Kimmy Gibbler Mm -hmm. and, like, sit Mm -hmm. on that same couch and, like, be in a scene with them, like, it it was like, is this really happening? Like, I was eight years old watching this, and now I'm in my 30s and I'm sitting on this couch and I'm on this show right now. So that kind of, that was one of those, like, wow moments. And most, yeah, uh, certainly most fun. So, absolutely. Big blood, Drew Barrymore, and Fuller House. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. You know, I have a, I have a full, ho- I have a full, full house joke. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell it in a little bit because uh, I want our, our fans to uh, stick with us before I, I give a bad joke. But uh, the next guy I'm gonna introduce you to, he is a wrestler, and his name is uh, the Modern Nightmare Matthias, and he was uh, kind of checking out uh, your Facebook page here, and he was also uh, checking out imdb.com, and he asked me, do you think she needs a bodyguard? So he's going to see if he can't uh, become part of your security staff. So Nightmare, what do you got? Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI has been paid for by the New World Order. BZW World Tag Team Champion and honorary member of the NWO, and the only thing Granny can use those hands for nowadays is to sign my checks. Now, 
my main question to you, as Granny said that you are, it seems like you are a woman of many uh, different talents, and it seems like, you know, there's a lot of things that you've been able to uh, do throughout your career, so I'll give you a couple of questions. The first one is, what has been one of your more difficult uh, roles that you've either had to prepare for or you've had to uh, have to, or have had to do throughout your career? Ooh, most difficult. Mm, let me think about that. Um, <clears throat> let me, you know, I don't know that anything has been hard, but what has been hard sometimes are the logistics of things. Like I remember there was a time I was living in Dallas and I had just flown up to Connecticut to visit my family and I literally landed in like Baltimore. You know, I had like a layover for an hour in Baltimore and I landed in Baltimore and this casting director called me to say, hey, Marissa, I'm doing this show, um, this new series. It was with Alfonso Ribeiro. Carlton from Prince of Bel-Air and I had auditioned for something with her in the past and she'd booked me on it, a movie. So she was like, you know, super comfortable with me, knew I was a great actress, confident that she could book me without an audition. She said, we would love to have you play this counselor in a series. Can you be here, you know, tomorrow to shoot? And I am like living in Dallas. I'm currently in an airport in Baltimore, still headed to Connecticut and they want me in Louisiana to shoot this, this series, like, the next day. And, you know, as a mid-20s, late-30s hustler of a female, I was, like, not going to let any role, you know, just slip away by just being busy, you know, or doing something because, you know, building my resume was so important to me. So I literally said I'll be there. I got on my flight in Baltimore, landed in Connecticut an hour later, told my parents I loved them and that I could have dinner with them, but that the next morning they had to take me back to the airport so I could fly to Louisiana to shoot this series. So I don't think any role I've had has been specifically hard for me, but I feel like when you are an up-and-coming actress and you are working your tush off and you, and you really want to experience every role possible and, and, you know, you want to be available and say yes to great opportunities, I think sometimes – the logistics of everything was just so hard. Like there were days I'd drive eight hours for an audition. You know what I mean? I'd be exhausted. I'd get the role and I'd go home and then I'd have to drive back two days later, you know, like cross states and things like that. Things you've experienced, I'm sure, with wrestling and being in Minneapolis and then being in North Dakota and getting no sleep. So I think that's just been the hardest. The hardest role has just been trying to hustle and make things happen and also, you know, have some balance, you know, in my life at the same time. So, yeah, I Fair think hardest role is just making it happen, you know. Fair enough. And then, uh, so, and then my second question to you would be, um, so people, when they do an interview or they do a podcast or they do a press conference, whatever you may, whatever you may see it as, um, some people tend to ask, who is your hero? Who who is somebody that has influenced you and has caused you to want to do the career that you have or 
take it a role that you've done or play a sport or whatever the case may be. So who would you say is one of your heroes or biggest influences that led you into uh, the career and life choices that you've made? I feel like Granny is going to be on my team with this one because if she was a, a Full House fan, I feel like we maybe grew up in the same time. But I would say that a woman who influenced me a lot growing up was Oprah Winfrey, and that is just because my mom watched her every day at 4 o'clock, and every day I'd watch Oprah with my mom, and I just loved how she was her. You know, she... Uh, took a news career and turned it into a very successful, obviously, talk show run for years and years and years and years, and since then has even turned that into, obviously, her whole, you know, her brand, and um, in a time when women weren't really, you know, kicking butt and taking names, I mean, she did that. So I just, I think growing up watching Oprah um, definitely was a woman who, who inspired me to, to be myself and know I was given the gift for gab, take that gift and turn it into, you know, a great career as a shopping host, an actress, a comedian. And, you know, hey, if you have pretty hands, you can take that to the next level too and get paid for it. So, yeah, just, uh, I think Oprah Winfrey was actually a really big influence when I was growing up and still is. Fair enough. We have uh, Marissa Morgan is our guest here on 89.1 Ken Tap. We've got 15 minutes. I want to ask you something. Uh, you said that uh, you got to be in a scene with uh, Alfonso Ribeiro? Yeah, yeah. He actually Let me ask you this. Series. Yeah. Did, did, he, did he do this for you? It's not up to you. you are. <laughs> did, did he do the call? He did. Service? I'll tell you what. He's the nicest guy. I met him and his wife, and, you know, he knows he was Carlton, and Carlton became him, and, you know, at the end of the day, he was just the nicest guy, you know, and he never let, um, he never let the jokes bother him about, you know, Carlton and doing the Carlton and stuff. So Uncle well, Phil you know, was actually in the, in, the, um, in the series, too, and he, he was a doll. You know, being on Fuller House, that, that that had to have been exciting. You know, I, I used to have a joke that I used to say that show used to be misnamed. They they should have called it uh, Twenty One. You know, there's there's a name for the for the card game Twenty One. You know what it's? Uh, as a matter of fact, Apostle uh, <laughs> Rivera used to host that show. Uh, but I always said that Full House was. Uh, was misnamed. They should have called it twenty one because they started hitting on the Olsen twins when they were seventeen and didn't stop till they hit twenty one. Oh God. Isn't it so weird? <laughs> sorry about that. That was bad. That was pretty I'm bad. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It, uh anyway. It is weird uh, so, though. Isn't it weird to think about, you know, like kids who grew up in the entertainment business and I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen a lot in my 20 years in the business, and I didn't really get into the business till I was 20. So I just I can't imagine, you know. You know, I was I was curious about being a hand model. Do they when you when you uh, try out for a hand model? Do you do you uh, does your agent like say they're looking for someone with beautiful hands? You like send them a video of you like waving your hands and doing this in the front and the back, the palms and stuff like that. 
How, how do you get hooked up for a role to be a hand model? Well, you have to get photos taken of your hands. So there is some photography of your hands that, that, gets, that gets the ball rolling. Sometimes you have to audition, and yes, like, you know, if you're doing like a, a hand, let's say it's for a commercial for like a toy or something, they may ask for a video of you like, you know, doing a motion with your hand that you might do with the toy. Um, it definitely makes for some interesting conversations, though. I mean, you know, you're at like Thanksgiving and, and someone's like, hey, how have you been? Have you worked on any projects lately? I'm not going to lie. It's really fun to be like, oh, yeah, I just did a hand job last week on camera and I got paid. <laughs> and people are like, wait, what? And then I'm like, hand modeling, hand modeling. And then they're like, oh, okay, okay, that was weird, you know. So, um, but, yeah, photos, definitely videos, you know. I mean, there are people who do, like, parts modeling. Like, if someone has, like, a really nice back or a neck or legs, like, people do parts modeling for pretty much everybody part, actually. Now, when you – one last thing I'm going to ask about hand modeling. I'm going to ask you about some of your other roles, but – I'm guessing that be, being a hand model, I'm guessing you must have, like, a big insurance policy on your hands. You know, I think if I was making six figures with my hands, you know, if I was making a substantial amount of money with my hands, I probably would. But, um, no, I don't. I don't. And I don't do – I can't say I'm constantly, like, doing hand jobs, <laughs> but um, – <laughs> It's more like, you know, here and there. I would say I do a half dozen maybe a year. So, you know, it's definitely work that I do. But um, currently in Minneapolis, which is where I've been working and living for the last four years, it's, yeah, I don't. I don't. But I will say I do make my husband do the dishes and load the dishwasher because that always messes up my manicure and messes up my hands. And I do really take good care of my hands. And if I ever like scratch them, I always like freak out. Like when I'm doing stuff, I'm always super careful with my hands. So. Of course, uh, the probably the most famous two football players to ever have insurance on their hands would be Chris Carter and Randy Moss. They actually had big insurance policies on their hands. I know who Randy Moss is, but I don't think I know who Chris Carter is. Is that bad? Uh, well, they both played for the Vikings, and Chris Carter is the one that actually – made Randy Moss what he was, contrary to what Randy Moss would tell you. But that, that's, that's another story. This, this is your interview. We're not talking sports. we got Marissa uh, Morgan is our guest here. we got 11 minutes. Now, I am a big fan, as, as we talked about before, but how is Ella? Oh, she's so sweet. Um, she's getting old, so she's, uh, she just turned 10. She is a rescue. She is a mix. She is a... German Shepherd, Keen Corso, Pitbull mix, and um, she's 10, and it's crazy to see the, the gray hair starting. I mean, I'm such a dog lover that I just can't imagine my life without her. So it's kind of been a rough couple of years, you know. Dogs seem to age so fast once they hit, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. So, but uh, she's good. She's good. She actually, um, she's done some stuff with me as well. She's been on set for a couple things. <clears throat> Um, she might actually be doing a shoot this summer for a boat company. So she's, she's quite the little star herself. That's cool. You know, and to your credit, you know, you've been a director, a producer, an actress, a writer. 
Of those, is there one that you prefer to do over the other? Not, not really. I, I love being, I love being in front of the camera. I love acting. I love making people laugh. Like that is something I love. I've done stand-up comedy, and that is something. If I, if I could do that for the rest of my life, I might be cool. Like it's hard. It's really to me, stand-up comedy is really hard. Um, it's something I probably could do more of and should work more on, but it's really hard. And obviously, COVID happened and comedy clubs were not open for so many years so it's it's just a tough thing to do I'm also not a night owl anymore I'm kind of an old lady so I like to go to bed early and you're not going to bed early if you're doing stand-up comedy you know you're out in the comedy clubs working on that but um I I love producing projects I love being behind the camera just as much as I love being in front of the camera so I don't know you know um icon I recently said I've lived in five different states but I'm truly at home on set. I said that to someone the other day because they're like, where do you, like, love to be? Like, what, where's been your favorite place to, like, be or live? Because I've lived so many places. And I just love being on set, like, creating something. That, like, really makes me happy. I can, I can just imagine that you, you have a woman cave, that you have a set built on your woman cave so you can be in your favorite place. You can be at your home and also in your favorite place <laughs> to set inside your home. Oh, my God, it's so funny you say that because we have a huge audition tomorrow for a brand that I cannot say right now. Um, And I literally spent the afternoon printing out pictures of hot dogs um, and creating a whole situation in my dining room. And my husband was literally like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have this big audition tomorrow. Leave me alone. This needs to happen. Um, but yeah, there are times he comes home or walks into certain rooms and goes, what the, what the heck happened here? Um, so yeah, I do have a huge green screen in my house. I do have like ring lights and cameras and you just, you never know. So much stuff is virtual now. Like tomorrow, tomorrow's audition is like virtual. So everything nowadays is happening really through like Zooms and, you know, it's great. It's great not to have to get in the car and drive somewhere or, you know, hop on a plane and have to fly, you know, cross country to audition for something. It's, it's pretty fantastic. But yeah, one of our I kind of have a she shed. <laughs> one of our fans was asking about the picture that I posted that I made for you, that little collector's card. They are wondering about that the, the, the main picture with your hands. Was, was that like for an audition or was that a commercial you were shooting? Uh, one of our fans wanted to ask that. That's funny. That was actually from behind the scenes of the Bushes Beans hand, 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 hand job I did, um, which I shot in February. So, yeah. Um, and the way it was, like, you know, we actually had a set. I've got a, a, a lot of pictures from it. I should send them to you. It's pretty funny. Um, they set up, you know, the whole, like, set with all the beans and the hot dogs, and there was just trays of beans everywhere and chips, and it's just insane. they got to find the perfect chips and the perfect hot dogs, and the pieces of onions have to be like so perfect on the hot dog and it's just insane but we shot one commercial for bushes and then that picture was taken in between the commercials because i shot two different commercials that day for for bushes so that was just me being goofy so marissa morgan's our guest here we got six minutes here left with marissa and for those of you who like our uh our that listen to our show 
from time to time. Though, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation. Pilot Child will get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, and future guests. And I believe that Marissa might be sending us a few. And if you could, send us an autograph picture of you on the set of Bush's Baked Beans. Or here's, here's a challenge for you. I don't know if you can do it, but we'll see. Buy a can of Bush's baked beans, cut the label off, and autograph the label and send us one of those. That's, you know what? I have a picture of myself in front of a 50-ton can of Bush's baked beans. I'll sign that picture because it's me with a giant can of Bush's baked beans behind me. Wow. How's that? So random. That is awesome. So, you know what? I think the coolest thing about being an actor you know, slash host, slash, you know, model or hand model is like every single day, every single week is just different. I never know what my agent is going to call me to submit for or audition for. It certainly certainly makes life really, really fun when it's unpredictable like that. Is there is there an actress or actor that you'd really want to work with that you're waiting for your manager to say, hey, you're you're going to be going on set with, such and such. Uh, I know you wanted to work with her, or I know you wanted to work with her a long time. Is there anybody on your list that uh, you really are looking forward to working with and want to work for or with? Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, the short list would be Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon. I love, love them. I love comedy. Um, and also people all the time tell me that I look like Cheryl Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I think it would be really fun to, like, play her younger sister or something like that. You look better than she does. Well, thank you. Well, I think she looks great. So if you think I look better, then I'll take that as a huge compliment for sure. But I love Will Ferrell. I mean, he's, like, he's the king of comedy for sure. Love him. And, um, yeah, that would be my short list. Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon, who I met in an elevator once at Target. And it was really hard for me to not stick my hands in my armpits and be, like, superstar. Um, very hard for me to not do that because she's just awesome. But, uh, yeah, short list. That would be the short list. You know, I, th- you know, I think that would be really cool if they actually took their cheerleading characters and did a movie with you, Will Ferrell, and Molly Shannon as, as like, the cheerleaders, you know, like trying to, like, yeah, I, well, I don't want to ruin it because uh, I actually have a plot for those, uh, if I can ever get my, uh, if I can ever talk to somebody about making this movie, I want to do with those two. I would definitely include you because I, I have a great plot line for that, for the cheerleading thing. And I know that you have played uh, a cheerleader once before. Yes, in, in a really weird horror movie. Um, more blood, more blood. I, you know, I don't know what it is, but I tend to attract roles where there's either a murder or blood. Or I'm trying to think. Or I get to play a cop. I play a cop a lot, which is is, is really fun. Uh, I, I'm down with that movie, though. I'm down with I'm down with where you're going with that. I mean, we they could be like retired. We could be like retired cheerleaders who are like coaches now or something like that. I, I think that could be. Uh, I think that could be really fun. I, I think that I think that would that would be awesome, oh, definitely. Sorry. And then you'd be able to hang out with me. I'm I'm down. I'm down. I think, you know, it's crazy. Will Ferrell, I mean, he's had an amazing career, but I anticipate him acting for until he's like, you know, not, until he goes. Like, I, I feel like he'll be the 90-year-old, you know, un, un, inappropriate grandpa, you know. Like, he's just, 
he's just amazing. So. Well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're still waiting for our, uh, our first guest. Can you uh, hang with us till our next guest calls in? Because I, uh, I want to ask you about uh, working for the Home Shopping Network. What was that like? You know, that was my first home shopping experience. That was I was 21 years old when I was hired at the Home Shopping Network. And uh, that was interesting, too, because, I grew up watching that with my mom, you know, HSN and, and QVC. So it's just really surreal when you grow up watching something and then you're actually doing it, you know, 10, 15 years later. So um, home shopping definitely a beast. It's an interesting, it's an interesting beast. Uh, it's really fun. You have to be really, really good with improv. You know, there's really no script. Um, so just like radio, you know, you guys have to be really on your toes. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a really good 10-year run um, between home shopping and the jewelry channel, um, Evine, which is based, you know, here in Minneapolis. It's, it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, growing up, my dad always said I had the gift of gab and I could sell snow to an Eskimo. So I think uh, home shopping is definitely a place that uh, I fit right in. Although I do think now things are changing in that industry just because everything's becoming more digital and social media oriented. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, the changes that happen in that world over the next few years. That's awesome. My husband also, told me, my, oh, I was going to share a little funny story. My husband told me one time before, when we were still dating, before we got married, we used to help with this uh, singles dance. And, I would get donations, like if it was our, you know, like around Christmas or, you know, or special dance, or we would give away, you know, prizes, you know, raffle, you know, give sell tickets, you know, give, you know, door prizes or whatever. And he told me one time that I could sell a pair of shoestrings to a person with slip-on shoes. <laughs> it's good though, right? Like. I don't know, like, all we, you know, one of the things we have in our life is, like, the ability to communicate, right, to talk. Well, so we I worked in I worked in retail for almost 15 years, you know, so I was all about helping my customers, you know, making sure my customers were taken care of. That was one of my biggest strengths, working in the retail business as long as I did. And I, you know, unfortunately had to quit due to health issues, you know, and I couldn't work anymore and, they basically told me, you know, that I had the option of voluntarily quitting or they were going to fire me. <laughs> and so I quit, oh. and it took me four and a half years to get my disability because I've had two knee replacements, and in 2017 I had a, I had to have a pacemaker put in, and I'm only 60. I'll be 61 in August. So. Oh, wow. But I have a history knee, of blood clots. no joke. Um, Go I know, ahead. but I, I've, I've had a history of blood clots since 2004, and I actually had two clots in 2004, and while I was in the hospital, one of the clots broke loose and went to my lung. And they told me if I hadn't come in the Sunday night that I did to the emergency room, I wouldn't have made it. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah, and that was a I month after I lost my dad, so it was sad, but, you know, yeah. life goes on, you know, so I'm still here. <laughs> Yeah, you're kicking butt. You know what's crazy, though, about you mentioning the, you know, having to quit or basically, you know, getting let go? It's just one thing that's really frustrating, I think, in my industry is 
you know, a lot of actors and actresses obviously are contract workers, you know, like we don't work unless we find ourselves work. And one of the things I loved about the home shopping industry was, you know, there were times I felt like it gave me some stability. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a lot of those, you know, networks, you know, are just, you know, they don't always last or, you know, they, they're not recession-proof either. So, you know, I've been laid off many a times from some pretty stable situations like that. And it, it's heartbreaking. It's really hard, you know, when you work so hard to, to land a spot on a network, you know. And then, like, I know in 2009 I got let go from the Jewelry Channel because, you know, the, the, net, the network can barely keep its doors open. So I just feel for you. That's tough. That's really tough. Yeah, it was yeah, hard. I mean, I I hated it, but you know, like I said, life goes on. So we have Marissa Morgan's our guest here on eighty nine point one Ken's FM, and uh, we're uh, doing a little uh, overtime with you because uh, for for some reason our our next our next guest is not called in. So can you, you you still got a little time to hang with us or no? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Awesome. So. Back to the home shopping network, you know, I was a, I was a cameraman for one of the competitors for QVC back in the cities, and one thing I remember being a cameraman is, like, the host always saying, okay, you know, she'd, like, point your ear and she'd, like, make the, the uh, earrings, like, jingle or, like, okay, we're going to my wrist now and we're, we're showing the watch and this and that. How long did you do that for? Because I, I, I mean, being a camera guy, I got annoyed quite quickly doing that. Being a host, it must have been even uh, worse, right? <laughs> well, te- I mean, ten years of hosting, and uh, no, I, I loved doing it, and I still love doing it. If a, if a network had me had me come back, um, or you know, invited me to join them, I love shopping. I love making people laugh. Like I said, I love connecting people. Uh, no, I, I love it. I mean, the only thing that I think is tough is the scheduling. I mean, trying to be on set, you know, at three, four in the morning sometimes is, is, is so hard. It's hard to be awake and bushy eyed and, and ready to rock at three or four in the morning to be on air at six or seven or, or sometimes working overnight can be pretty exhausting, but, uh, no, I loved it. There really wasn't anything about it I didn't love. And you also did work for Gizmo as well. What, what was that like? So Gizmo was a media company in L.A., and we did a lot of red carpet events. So like the American Music Awards, um, trying to think what else, um, Sundance. We went to a lot of, you know, big events and did red carpet work and uh, interviewed, you know, stars and celebrities on the red carpets at those events. I would say one of the coolest experiences with Gizmo was meeting Tim McGraw, the uh, American Music Awards. That was pretty amazing to be talking to Tim McGraw. Um, I mean, he's an amazing artist and performer and somebody I grew up listening to again. So it's just crazy. It's crazy to, like, meet people or be involved with different uh, productions that, you know, were around when you were a kid and now you're in your 30s or, you know, later and you're just it's just intertwined into these situations where you're like, pinch me, this is a dream, you know. So 
Yeah, I don't know. Acting has been something I love very much. It's definitely, it got really hard during, you know, COVID a few years ago when a lot of people were having a hard time. A lot of productions shut down. So that was definitely tough for myself and, and most of my fellow actors and, and industry people. But I think we're on the upswing now and things are picking back up. There's a few movies filming here right now in Minneapolis, which is great. And I still go to L.A. time and time again for different projects. And, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I, I plan to keep doing it. Sometimes people ask me if I plan to keep acting forever. And I'm like, I don't know. Are you, are you going to be a doctor forever? Like, I, I don't know. Like, life certainly can hand you different opportunities. But I really do love what I do. So I feel blessed that it's what I get to do for a living. So. You know, and the the interesting thing is, and I'm not just saying this because it's you. I'm watching your your reel right now on IMDb.com, and there's a couple of questions I have. You know, your your smile is so intoxicating when you're interviewing all these people for Gizmo. I'm just kind of curious that there's one interview you're doing, and you're wearing uh, this blue dress. That that had been like a like a three thousand dollar dress, wasn't it? I don't I don't even know what dress you're talking about to be honest but uh I would never spend $3000 on a dress so I could answer you right now and say no it was not but if it looks like it was then that's awesome Well anyway it was it was like a it was like a blue dress and it came up uh chest high and it like had black lines kind of Yeah I don't know I I I I don't I I have a blue top. I think I might be wearing in something. I don't know if it's a dress, but all right. And then the well, other the that. other. Thank you for complimenting my wardrobe, though. I appreciate it. And the other thing I'm working at looks like you uh, were doing like you were like selling a car or something. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done some stuff for car dealerships. It's so weird. Like you name it, I've done it. Like car commercials, I've done it. Beans, I've done it. Home shopping, I've done it. Stand-up comedy, I've done it. Casino commercial, I've done it. I just recently did a commercial for Chick-fil-A uh, that will be airing here in the Midwest. So pretty excited about that coming out. And then I also just did a project for Heat and Glow Fireplaces. They're one of the really big fireplace companies. <clears throat> they were just featured on the Rock the Block um, competition. They do all the fireplaces for the Rock the Block show on HGTV. So I'm keeping busy. It's been fun. Is it well? Is there one thing that you haven't done that you really that you really want to do? My dream job is definitely to host my own show. I've always wanted to have a talk show. I love interviewing people and getting to meet people. So I think. Uh, just having my own talk show would be like the dream for me. Would and you I won't be rule looking out. for maybe, a maybe that's in the cards for the future. What's that? Would you be looking for a co-host as well? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Oprah didn't have a co-host, so I don't know. Maybe you know what? It could be set up like the late night show where I could be the host, and then I can have, like, the sidekick who, you know, chimes in with the wisecracks or something. That could be fun. Hey, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds like me. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Marissa, I just, I just sent you a text uh, for the outfit I was telling you about. 
See if you remember. Oh, yeah, I just got it. I got it. That's actually a top. That's a top, and I am wearing black pants. That was at the American Music Awards, and that guy that I'm interviewing is actually Chewy Martinez. He's a really big, well-known DJ with iHeartMedia. <clears throat> so, yeah, Chewy Martinez. He's a really nice guy. Um, yeah, we always used to run into each other, literally in LA. I'd be at the la- I don't go to laundry baths, but I would like be at a coffee shop, and he would be there, or I'd like go to the car wash, and he would be there. So when I was interviewing him, he's like, "We see each other everywhere at the laundromat, at the coffee shop," and we always would make a joke of that. So. Well, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't look like our second guest is going to uh, call in. So what we're going to do here is we're going to spend a little about five more minutes here with you, and then. I'm going to try and get our third guest on, and you are awesome, and we love you. And Like I said, we only got five minutes. I wish we were five more years. One other quick question i got to ask. With all the stuff that you've done, i got to ask you about the award that you got in high school. Could you tell us about that? Uh, would that be Class Chatterbox? Yes. <laughs> well, if you guys haven't figured it out, the girl loves to talk. So, yes, I was voted class chatterbox in high school. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I was either going to be a marine biologist or an actress. That's what I decided. I was either going to swim with the dolphins or be on television. I went to college to be a marine biologist, and after one semester I was like, nope. I, the fish, don't, they don't talk back. I can't sit in a lab and look at microscopic stuff for four years, I will literally die. So it was in college, though, where I was like, I talk too much to be a scientist. Like, I need to do something where I get to talk to people and interact. And so I got my degree in international business and marketing, graduated college, and then studied acting for four more years and became an actress. So a class chatterbox, I mean, most people who know me would agree that it's fitting. Hey, Matthias, were you voting anything now? in high school? Not that I can remember. Granny, were you voting anything in high school? Uh, no, I wasn't. I mean, I was. Uh, I was actually voted uh, most likely to be a burden on society. <laughs> so, so now I'm in radio. <laughs> uh. This is awesome. We have uh, Marissa as our guest here, and uh, you are so awesome. So real quick here, Marissa, if our fans wanted to follow you and see you, you got a Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Oh, my gosh. I'd love to say I have them all, and I kind of do, but I don't use them all. Um, you can definitely connect with me on Instagram. It is at the Marissa Morgan, and Marissa has two S's, so the Marissa Morgan on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I think you can follow me there. It's the same at the Marissa Morgan, and you can certainly check out my website, www.themarissamorgan.com, if you want to see more of my work or uh, connect with me for a project. And you mentioned that you you have a you have a project that you're working on now that you can't talk about. But uh, do you do you know when it uh, the project that you're you're starting to work on when it might be released so we so we can know when to watch for it? Well, I haven't officially booked it, so tomorrow is what we call in the acting world a callback, which means the director and the company really really like my vibe. So 
we're going to, I need your help, Icon. We need to put all of our good, positive juju energy out into the universe. And uh, how about this? If I book it, I will definitely circle back with you and let you know the details. It would be a really fun gig. And uh, it would be actually a social media-based project for a really big company. So I think it would be a far-reaching project that a lot of people would see. Well, this is what's going to help you nail that role when you do your callback. You just go in there and you tell them, hey, by the way, I was on the Icon Show with Granny Hulkster and the Modern Nightmare Attitude Era Live last night, and I, I'm, well, I'm more well-known now than I was before. Where's the contract to sign my name? Let me, let's just get it done. Exactly. Where do I sign? Exactly. And I'm really good with my hands. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Marissa, you have been wonderful. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much for hanging with us. And I hope we didn't scare you away too much. I will be in contact with you. You have been wonderful, and I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, well, thank you guys so much for having me. So great to meet you all. All right. Marissa, ladies and gentlemen. Marissa, Marissa, Marissa Morgan, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings. We need to take a quick little time out. We'll be back after we hear this little message and from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back after we hear this, so stick with us for our next guest. You're listening to 89.1 10FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. So, if your spring and summer projects include some concrete work, Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the reason why we love redheads, ladies and gentlemen. And she's joining us right now, the lovely, the talented, the oh my, she is Johanna Hodge. Hello, this is Johanna Hodge and my husband Sam Hodge, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live on 89.1 Hens FM with your host, the icon, the big swing and the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you? So we have both you and your husband together? Yes. uh, Since we're both uh, doing Redhead together as a team, he's here also with us tonight. (laughs) Yo, yo. So so is it okay if we interview both of you guys? Yeah, we'd love that. That's we figured since he was off tonight, we'd be together so you could get both perspectives for Redhead together. All right, so here's how we're going to do this then. 
Uh, first off, Joanna, I'm going to have you give us a little uh, background about yourself. Then I'm going to ask you a few questions. Then we'll do a roundtable. And then we'll come back to me and ask you the tougher questions. And then uh, we'll have your husband give us a little background. And then we'll ask him a few questions. And then we'll do the same thing. So first off, Joanna, you want to give us a little background about yourself? Um, yes. Um, I am uh, from West Virginia. And um, I, I'm a filmmaker with my husband, uh, Sam. And uh, we uh, we have a company together called Sin Savage Films, and uh, we make horror films on top of we do commercials and we do other kinds of films. Um, and we've recently, um, our newest movie that we've been doing is called Redhead, and um, it's almost finished. It'll be premiering in October, and um, I am the main star of this um, as the actress, um, and I'm also a producer. And um, I'm also uh, another director along with this. Um, and um, we are really excited to bring this movie for everybody to see because we've been working on it um, a long time uh, in between of making other movies. We've just been taking our time with this one to make it so so right and perfect. Uh, so it'll be a good enjoyment for people that love horror films. <laughs> and can we get a background from... Sam, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been making films since 2017. My first one was called 12 Pole Manor. Uh, and then uh, I met Jonna because I was doing casting for another project, and uh, we, we did some short films together, actually. And then our first feature film we did together was called Reunion from Hell that I uh, directed with Hayden Newman, and um, that is just now coming out on uh, Amazon Prime and, and uh, Tubi and all kinds of other streaming sites. So Reunion from Hell is Jonna's first starring role uh, in a feature film that's coming out, and now we've got Redhead coming out in uh, October in, in the theater, and uh, we're excited to show everybody some violence. And we also have Reunion we, from Hell, too, also, that we uh, did. And we uh, and we also do appreciate the uh, PG language. Uh, uh, so, uh, so we have reunion from Heck One, reunion from Heck Two. Is there a plan for a part three? Um, we're we're still trying to debate because what we're doing is we're letting reunion from Hell uh, One go out. Huh? Reunion from Heck. <laughs> reunion from Hell uh, go out. What? Know what you're trying to say? Heck, reading right. from heck. All right, yeah, well, yeah, because we have to, we have to <laughs> PG language. <laughs> okay, we we got you. But anyway, so now you you've done uh, now you said you guys have done a lot of uh, projects together. Uh, now with this redhead, Sam, I'm kind of curious. What is it like not only having uh, your wife as a boss at home, but also uh, she's the boss on the set as well? What's that like? <laughs> well, I'm still the director, uh, the you know, the main director on Redhead. Um, she is also directing with it, um, but uh, so we, we work together. So, I mean, nobody's really the boss. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a team effort on everything we do and uh, everything. We, we both have our places as far as, you know, what we're working on, and uh, there's never really a power struggle. So, uh, it, I mean, it, it's it's nice because she has things that she's supposed to be in charge of, and I'm in charge of other things, and... It's just nice to be able to to handle things without struggle. <laughs> and with that being said, you know, you know, 
being married and working together, you know, you, you go you go to work together, you come home together. I mean, that's that's really got to be a strong bond that you guys get to spend all the time together and not apart like when, you, Sam, you'd be, like, on location at some place and then Joanna would be on location another place. But you guys get to be together. That's got to be special. Uh, we'd love it. I mean, I you know, I, I, I cherish the ability or the, the opportunity to be able to, to work with my wife because, you know, I, there's nobody I'd rather work with. Um, and we're when we're doing, like, a particularly gory scene or something for a horror film, uh, we really kind of have the same same thought process on, on where it should go. And um, there's, you know, we never really disagree on that kind of stuff. And I just I just really enjoy working with my wife. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we always have, agree uh, on about it. Go ahead. Uh, we have uh, Sam and Johanna Hodge here as our guests here, and this is this is awesome. We uh, we're here on eighty nine point one Kens FM, and uh, we got uh, we got ample time with our guests here. We're gonna have a lot of fun with these two. But before uh, I ask you the tougher questions, I'm gonna introduce you to uh, one of my first co-hosts, and uh, Granny. Uh, I know that you love uh, couples that work together. And especially couples that wrestle together. I don't know if these two have ever wrestled together, but Granny, what do you got for our guests? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you both on. Um, what has been some of your biggest challenges working together, you know, on the movie set or creating, you know, producing a movie? I mean, what what has been some of your biggest challenges that you've had to face? Working together, um, I'd say, I'd say my my um, biggest challenge, which he also had the same kind of biggest challenges, was was when we was doing our um, reunion from Heck uh, movie. Um, when we got on there, it was a it was a timed uh, thing, and we all had to have it done in a certain amount of days. Um, when people was going in and out, and we got there and we started on the first day making the movie, and we found out one of the people wasn't coming to be there. And I was do, doing the sound at this time, um, and so I was uh, in charge of how everything sounded for the movie as far as audio goes. Um, and um, they needed me to be in the movie uh, because the actress wasn't coming. So I kind of then got stuck to where I had to not only make the movie and be on every scene with, with my husband who was doing all the other work for the film, but then also had to learn the script and uh, be in the film and act in the film. Uh, so whenever people watch it, uh, they don't really know I wasn't originally cast in it, but then I became a, a part of the the starring cast in it, And but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was kind of a, a rough thing trying to take time to learn lines in between the doing all that, you know, trying to make the movie the whole time with everybody else on set and trying to be there watching them and then trying to do the script and, but it worked out, and it was uh, a fabulous, fun time, and and I'm glad I went ahead and accepted it and did it. <laughs> well, with regard to that, you know, we would spend the morning, uh, we would get our cry crying out in the shower in the morning, about four or five in the morning, um, and then we would go and get ready for the day and start setting up, uh, ready for call times, and and that was uh, our process and, and our mindset, and it was incredibly rewarding, though, in the end, because we, you know, it was our first time working with uh, Kathy Podewell from Night of the Demons. Um, it was her first horror film back since Night of the Demons that she did in, in uh, 1988, 87. Um, 
you know, because she, you know, she was on Dallas with, and she was Jr.'s wife in Dallas, so she was a really um, uh, uh, educated actress with a lot of experience, and so we got the chance to work with her, and that was a, a just a good time because we and we appreciated the opportunity. Yeah. Even though, even though it was a challenge to add that extra stress, it was also just the extra uh, exposure, extra um, extra opportunity to improve the project with our you know, what we have. Uh-huh. We have uh, Sam and Johanna Hodges, our guests here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got uh, we got a good amount of time here. we got about 44 minutes. If you guys can uh, hang with us that long, we don't uh, scare you away that much, but... <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to I'm going to introduce you to our next co-host. Uh, he is the modern nightmare Matthias, and he he loves horror films for some reason. And uh, you right. guys, I know, have done a few of those. And uh, I'm going to have him ask a few questions. And after he's done uh, telling you uh, that he does not have an ego, I'm going to try and get uh, he, I, and Granny a job with you guys on your next project. So. Uh, before he uh, says his piece, we're going to play this real quick. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI Diamond Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. Yes, Icon is correct. As a matter of fact, I am a big uh, fan of horror films and the genre altogether. Would would you guys say that is uh, your favorite genre of film uh, currently? Yes, it definitely is. It kind of always Uh, has been with both of us. All right, so then what would you say your favorite subgenre of horror is? uh, What would you guys say your favorite subgenre is? Gotta be the slasher. Yeah. All right. Now we've got a lot in common here. Okay. So name. Oh no. So name one of your uh, fav. What was one of your films growing up? What was a film growing up that really got you interested in the uh, slasher genre? Go ahead, Donna. Well, there was so many. Um, Halloween, um, The Thing. Um, growing up, but I was born in '77, and I grew up around the early 80s movies a lot. Um, okay. All all the early 80s horror flicks uh, is something that's up my alley. <laughs> See, I, one of my favorite guilty pleasures as a slasher would be Maniac, starring Joe Spinell from 1980. Uh, Tom Savini okay. did an amazing work on the effects on that, and that's a film that I look up to as far as, uh, that's kind of, kind of where we were go- kind of going a little bit yeah. with Redhead. Um, this guy's, you know, he's abused and crazy, and um, he's taking out all of his problems on on kind of people, every every woman, even though they're they're not bad, but he sees them as as bad. So, you know, in, in Redhead, Jonna has a, a reason for killing every man she sees, um, and you and you see the reason in the beginning of the movie, and then you understand why she takes it out on every guy in, in, <laughs> in the rest of the movie. So, it's kind of kind of kind of all right. I guess a big inspiration. Yeah, all right. So we'll be talking. I'll be talking about Savini here in a second. I was actually just about to bring him up, but uh, 
my main film that I ever got interested on, and I was born in the early 90s, so I'm a little bit, you know, younger than you guys, but uh, I've been studying up on slashers ever since I found my first ever uh, horror film, and the first ever horror film I ever watched was 1996's Wes Craven's Scream. That was, uh, that was my first ever slasher film I ever got to see. I found it on VHS, and I watched it, and I became intrigued uh, ever since. So I've been wa- keeping up with the Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, uh, Leprechaun, Freddy Krueger, uh, the thing, all those kind of uh, all those kind of movies in the horror genre, but subgenre definitely for mine would be slashers. Now, I would who is one of your? Uh, you guys did mention Tom Savini. I think he's one of the greatest effects artists of all time. Uh, just my personal opinion. Uh, but who would you guys say is one of your favorite horror film directors? Uh, John Carpenter for me, because uh, he's kind of a catch-all. Um, his vision for the way a film should flow and work and his uh, attention to music while he's also directing, uh, for me, it's John Carpenter. Yeah, I got to agree. Same thing for me, too. Okay. And then uh, I was going to try to think of here. So you guys say John Carpenter. For me, of course, Wes Craven always sticks with me because of Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Scream, of course. Now, of course, the, every film has its different effects and different blood effects and stuff like that. For me personally, I love the Tom Savini, um, uh, what the heck's his name? I can't think of it. Um, he directed the zombie films, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember off the top of my head oh, right now. George, 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 George Romero. George Romero, yeah. Yeah, Romero, Romero. Okay, so Romero and Tom Savini I think is the greatest – uh, duo, I would say in a, in words of effects, because in my opinion, uh, the Day of the Dead, with uh, the army in the base and the zombies coming to attack them, and the multiple death effects and stuff like that, is just unreal. Especially when the general is getting ripped apart and he screams choke on him when they're taking his legs away. Yeah, yeah. What is what is one of your guys' favorite effects that you've ever seen inside of a film? Uh, it's hard to mention effects without thinking about Rob Bottin and his work on The Thing. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes, absolutely. But then, but then you have the guys that worked on Wishmaster, and Wishmaster is a really underrated film yeah. that has some incredible effects um, inside it. And uh, there's a guy we're going to be um, meeting in September, uh, Alec Gillis, who worked on – he worked on, in Stan Winston's school. Um, he was with Stan Winston when they did Predator – and they did uh, uh, Pumpkinhead, um, just all those really crazy creature films that you know that are outside of the the realm of possibility. When it, when you you think this can't be done, but they do it, and it's uh, it's just they bring it to life. But in my mind, one of the best films ever for for effects is the thing. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite one for effects. Okay, and I've got uh, I've got two more questions for you. I've got two more questions for you guys. So. My next question would be, is there ever a film that you could watch today? And I know a lot of people say, like, oh, this movie scared me or this movie grossed me out, yada, yada, yada. Is there a film that you could say that to this day you could still watch and it would affect you because of, you know, a kill or jump scares or whatever case would be? Is there a film that could still get to you when you're watching it? 
Well, Matthias, I was going to say, I don't think they've seen any of your wrestling matches. Ronnie, there's a lot of blood uh, going <laughs> on. So. I'm going to say Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, because, you know, we've had the opportunity to, when I watch that movie, I get physically sick thinking about uh, the, just how they process that film. Uh, you got a 110 degree heat or whatever it is in the middle of Texas, and you've got a you've got a house that has no AC, and they're literally the 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 set decorator is going out and finding dead animals and, on the in the road and whatever, and just throwing them onto onto location, throwing them in the house, and you've got these set lights that are, you know, they're operating and almost catching things on fire. So you just have to, like relentless heat and oppression, and 25 hour work days and just constant just insanity and um Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of those films that translates illness to me and uh that in Hellraiser or Heckraiser. I'm sorry. <laughs> How about for you? I I was kind of a for a girl, I was kind of an oddball. Um the reason why I love the thing so much is that I, when my my parents when they used to watch scary movies, they were afraid for me to watch him when I was young, and I was the, the little girl that would sneak up out of bed and kind of try to sneak and watch it as they were watching it, because I was kind of intrigued and <laughs> <in> everything. <laughs> and uh, the one that caught my eye that they were watching really big was The Thing, and when I saw it, I just thought everything was so wild and crazy, and and you would think it would scare me, but it didn't really scare me. I don't know. I guess it was kind of like intriguing to me the whole thing about it and um so for some reason i really never really got scared of the movies or anything or kind of grossed out i guess i was an oddball for a little girl (laughs) and that's when my father was like well if i see you're sneaking up and you're watching these i guess that you're going to be able to watch them with me and i don't have to make you go to bed then and i was very excited about that (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah Okay, and then my last, or I'll say, uh, so there's not really a movie that ever really gets to me necessarily, uh, but one thing that will always make me cringe when I watch it, it's uh, from the Hatchet series. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, that series at all, but uh, the very first, or the second kill in the very first film where the woman gets her head, like he, the um, Victor Crowley takes his hands inside of her mouth, and pulls her and separates her jaws. Basically, that will I could and you see the cheeks ripping. That just makes me cringe every time because I feel like I can feel it inside of my head. It just it's it's just it's weird. But the effects on that film and the creativity of the kills in that film is in those films are just unbelievable. And it's just it's incredible. But my last question to you guys would be: Of course, they've got all these series as we talked about with Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Scream, Child's Play, all those kind of films. Is there a series of film that you guys think should have died off before they've been continuing these films? Like, for instance, we've got the sixth Scream film out. We've got Child's Play going into 2019, we've had the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th, the 2010 remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween just got over, or just had Halloween Halloween ends last year. Is there any um, franchise of film that you guys think that could have easily just, you know, been done with a while back, or do you think they should continue rebooting and 
reshooting these films and making new ones for the younger generations. I personally believe that trying to reinvent these franchises is where they go wrong. I think literally you could put out a Halloween or a, or a Friday the 13th film every other year and make it the exact same formula and people would just continue to watch it as long as it was different characters being killed. Um, I would appreciate that because it's just, that's what you want as a fan. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the Chucky thing going with the remake recently is one of the most ludicrous things I've seen. Uh, the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street was an abomination. Uh, there is no Freddy Krueger without Robert England. Agreed. Um, Agreed, 100%. I'm, I'm all about I'm all about other people getting a chance to tell a story, but um, one of the one of the most egregious errors I felt like was with the Halloween remakes by uh, Rob Zombie, um, just, just simply because he tried to define Michael Myers by making him an abused child. But the thing about Michael Myers that always appealed to me was that he was just an evil, empty, soulless thing, and um, the fact that he made us try to empathize with him, I I didn't really like that. Absolutely. I, I got to say I agree. How about you? How about uh, – I can't remember how to say your name right Joanna. now. So, Joanna, so I'm sorry. Right. Uh, what, what is your take? Um, I, I'm on the same wavelength with him on that, and I I think that a lot of the – I'm always into these, the classics, um, I, I guess probably because I grew up with the classics. But um, I feel Absolutely. like sometimes when they, sometimes when they try to remake things and they try to do it too different, it um, changes the aspect of what the character originally was. If you saw the original character, and it and it kind of makes things to where you're not enjoying mm-hmm. the movie as much to me. Uh, but it depends on what the story is and if they're trying to like legitly go kind of back from what the original was, and if they're trying to go forward from there and make it interesting, maybe because you might want to see what happens after all that. But um, I, I I think the same way about the movies that he does. I guess that's why we get along so good, because we always, uh, always have the same opinions. We feel the same about everything, because we're kind of two of a kind with everything. But... Um, I'm I'm not too keen on most of them. There's some of them that I do like, but some, most of all, I'm just a classic person, I guess. <laughs> well, here's here's my feeling about the way you know, come up with your own movie, do your own thing. You know, you look at the '80s; they had stuff like The Prowler. You had My Bloody Valentine. You got Maniac. You've got all these wonderful um, slashers that just came out that were you know different just enough different to to be interesting. It was relatively, you know, kind of a similar uh, way that things happen. But uh, you've got The Burning, which is, you know, there's, and Tom Savini's name is all over most of those. Uh, Tom was Tom was a really great factor in, in the success of the slasher. But it's just like, you know, come up with the, come up with something else, man. Like, it's not that hard. Just, just use your passion and, and put something into a, a new film instead of trying to reinvent uh, something that already is. Yeah, it's kind of like with Redhead where it's a whole new thing nobody's ever thought of or done, and uh, it's a, it's an original script from us, and and uh, Sammy, he did a great job on it. And uh, now that we're almost done with it, I think everybody will like it because it is different, and it's, uh, 
something that nobody's ever saw before. Just be something like something new. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I completely agree with uh, with you guys on your opinions of stuff. Like, there's definitely no Nightmare on Elm Street without Robert England, by far. The 2010 remake, oh. or yeah, was an abomination. I hated it. Uh, the Halloween Rob Zombie films, I didn't necessarily hate, hate, but I didn't really like them either. And I think the whole Halloween ends, the new guy becoming Michael Myers and stepping up for old Michael Myers was pointless, was stupid. He got killed off, and then they had the final battle, which was a complete dud was is what we call in uh, wrestling a squash match. <laughs> Basically, Rory beat the snot out of Michael for a couple of minutes, and then he died. And it was just it was just stupid spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen that movie, but, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, so, you know, if you haven't seen it by then, that's your fault. Um, with the Chucky film, I think they could have stopped, honestly, at number three. I mean, yes, I understand they wanted to take the new genre and make it a comedy horror kind of thing and I mean they did okay with Bride. Seed was a with nobody liked Seed at all. And then they went back into horror with Curse of Chucky, which was okay. Then they had Cult of Chucky, which basically went and tried to continue on with Andy Barkley. And now they did the twenty nineteen remake which threw everything out the window. New Andy, new doll, different name, different actor, and I think it did all right, but for me, it just was a tanker. I didn't like it as much. It was pointless, and I mean, I understand they wanted to go the new technology route, but nah, it just it didn't work out for me. And yeah, with, with everything, I, I I do agree with you guys, and that and that's awesome. And with Scream per se, I think as everyone says, you can't make a bona fide classic without the main character. Like for me, there's no a Scream is not without Nev Campbell. A Halloween is not with Laurie Strode. A Nightmare on Elm Street is not with without Freddy Krueger, without Robert England, and it's just you. Only, I always go back to the classics because it's what defined the horror genre. And people say like Black Christmas from '74 was the first ever slasher. Some people say Halloween was, or whatever film defined the genre. And it's just it's been it's been ever changing, and I respect that. But you can never go wrong with the classics, but there is a new series I actually am kind of intrigued in, and I don't know what your guys' opinion is on it, but I like the uh, the X and uh, Pearl and Maxine uh, trio. Maxine's coming out, I believe, later this year, but the X and Pearl film, I think, with uh, Mia Goth, I think was just incredible. I, I like the way they took everything with Ty West and the creativity in X and then the I think Pearl was one of the best horror films in recent years with how she acted and portrayed it, and I just can't wait to see uh, what Maxine has to come on uh, later in the year or next year. Well, hey, we have the Hodge family here with us, and we're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got, uh, well, we got about uh, 25 minutes here with our couple here, our horror film couple. Now, i got to ask you guys, you, you guys have plans on making more films, I would guess, Correct. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. What would I and Matthias and Granny have to do to come work for you? If, you, if you'd be willing to hire us, I'd be willing to come and uh, carry your bags, 
you know, if you need someone to if you need to put your feet up, I'll be like a stool. Uh, if you need someone to go get your cappuccino, <laughs> stuff like that, uh, I'd be willing to come work for you. What would it take for you to hire us to work for uh, you? Well, well, we'd have to have the budget first of all. Uh, as if you were going to be actors, you, it would have to fit into our story. Um, you know, because a lot of times when you know, like when I'm writing a script. I already have people in mind when I'm writing characters. Um, I don't really do casting calls. I uh, just I know who I want to want. But honestly, a lot kind of rides on uh, our, the success of Redhead to, to see where we go with what our budget's going to be like. So, like right now with Redhead, it's a it's an incredibly regional driven film where basically everybody that's that's working on this film is doing it because they want to and not because they're being paid. Um, and I we're getting a really raw. Uh, reaction from people in in the way that they're portraying themselves because of that uh, very thing. We have the the community involved. You know, we've got the mayor, the police department. Um, we've got various business owners just throwing property at us to use as locations for filming. Um, we have you know lots of our effects owners, or effects operators that are uh, helping us drive the film. Um, we have knowledge of effects ourselves, so. We we are incredibly self you know we're, we're driven, we we rely on ourselves to to make the film uh, so much that um, to get you guys on the film you just have to, you would just have to like the concept and be willing to work with us and we could probably figure out you know whatever budget you guys have and and with travel arrangements and things like that and it just depends on what we have and you know because we we would be more than happy if we yeah had yes we would love that. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, I know you hate when I speak for you, but I, I'm going to go ahead and do this because I think this would be a great opportunity. We would be willing to do a road trip out to wherever your set is, wherever you're filming at, and we would be willing to work for as long as you can give us, like, a place to stay, maybe uh, some throw some hot dogs or a place to sleep on the set. Uh, we wouldn't command money right away. We'd be willing to come and support you and help you out just to get our foot in the door. And then if it's successful, then your next project, if you like us, I know you like Matthias, you might not like me, but uh, then maybe no. we, could talk about, uh, we could talk about funding later on. But just to get our foot in the door to work with you, we would be willing to come out and support you by, in that manner. I mean, that's, that's absolutely fair to me. I yeah, mean, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, we've got we've got a couple ideas past Redhead that, you know, that we, we were working on. I've got, you know, some scripts in the works. Uh, uh, right now it's really difficult to look past Redhead. Uh, we've got tunnel vision because we're just cranking it out because we got, you know, a little bit less <coughs> film on it, as, you know, to get it done. But it's well on its way. And uh, so there's definitely room uh, yeah. in, the, in the next little bit. Uh, about a, probably a year down the road we'll start working on the next one, maybe 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 nine months or so. So, yeah, for sure. That sounds excellent to me. Knowing us, it'd be about nine months from now because we always keep working. (laughs) Now, do you guys have a planned release date for Redheads? Uh, You you guys are still filming it, right? It's not complete yet, right? It's it's, uh, about 75% complete. Um, And the premiere is – we already set our premiere for October – and so we have a deadline for ourselves to get it done. Um, so it is, and everything everything's planned out for it. Yes. Yeah, we got the red carpet premiere already set up, and a pre-party, and all that stuff. We've already got it set up. So now it gives us, like, 
you definitely got to get it all finished and done. <laughs> and we're excited about it. But, and distribution is guaranteed on this thing. Yeah. Uh, how, however it goes, uh, we have a number of choices. Um, it just kind of depends on depends on the biggest bidder, you know. Uh, in that, in the end. <laughs> we we have uh, we have the Hodge family here. Uh, we have Sam and Johanna. Hodge is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kens FM, and uh, you know we we got plenty of time, so we got about twenty minutes before our theme song hits. So my next question to you guys is, and I, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like we're trying to get a job because this is this is about you guys. We're talking about your guys, but when you guys came up with the idea for Redhead, you may, you know, you mentioned that you you write roles for people you know who you have in mind. When did you first come up with the idea, and when did you start writing it? And then how long after you finished writing it did you start filming? <laughs> it's kind of wild how it started. Uh, kind of started with a short film to start with that we did at uh, a local um, short film shindig um, that they had here, where they had all of us like that did films around here, which there isn't many of us, and we all uh, would like do short films and just go watch them in the theater and stuff. And then um, everybody liked the character that was in that, which was me and. Um, Ashley Stanett, which is also uh, the main character in Redhead with me. And um, they were like, oh, we just loved how you all work together. You know, we just loved that and everything. And they were like, you guys need to do a feature on this. And uh, that's how it first started. And then, Sammy, you tell them how it got after that. So the <laughs> so the main drive behind Redhead, um, Jonna and I, we we spent a lot of time hanging out in local drinking establishments. Uh, hanging out and networking and talking to people and just kind of planning out, uh, you know what, who, you know who we can use for for this and that and uh, what we can do for people. Um, it's a business thing, but we, you know, we just enjoy interacting with people. So, in in that comes a lot of jerks that um, they treat women like property. Uh, they treat people in general like disposable. Uh, garbage, um, and in many many respects, a lot of times I'll be sitting with Jonna at the bar, having a drink, regular friendly establishment, and I, and somebody that's been sitting near us the entire time. As soon as I go up to go to the bathroom, I go ahead and start hitting on her. She's you know she's got a big rock on her finger. We're married. It don't matter. You say hey Red, you know what are you doing tonight? And she'll be like I'm married, and it's just the constant disrespect. All the time. Uh, if if she goes to the gas station in the evening time, not even late late at night, just in the evening time, she'll have guys following. If if she's alone, she'll have guys following her from inside the station out to the car, trying to talk about her tattoos, her ink. Hey, show me your ink. And try, <laughs> trying to get close to her, and uh, she's had people follow her from gas stations down the road in the cars and pulling up and like, trying to follow her to where she's going. It's creepy and scary, and also really just really upsetting. So there's a there's a drive with this film that's really personal. Um, well, I'll tell you what, also... I, got, I, got a new, I, I got a new thing that Matthias can apply for. He could be your guys' head of security. He could be your bodyguard for you. What do you think, Matthias? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of need that. We were, just, we, were, we were just talking about that. We were just talking about that earlier today. He says, you know, after this movie comes out, we're going to have to see about 
hiring somebody to like protect you or something whenever I'm not around for because public events, for yeah. public events and stuff. You're gonna to have to have somebody. He said because <laughs> yeah, and we're just talking about that. And here you mentioned that. <laughs> I mean, it's creepy. Um, well, the reason he keeps bringing it up, the only reason he keeps bringing it up is because I've been, I'm a current security guard for a bar club in Fargo here, and I've been for a number of years, and there's been quite a lot of uh, stories I could share, but that's for another time. But, yeah, I'm always, I mean, if uh, the situation's right, I'm always down to be the be the head of security for anything. Oh, uh, yay. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you'll be the first one that comes up on that yes. kind of stuff. Um, there, there is another element to, to Redhead, though. Um, so we were working on a film. We were fundraising for a film called The Hag Witch. And, you know, we had a really good, really good cast lined up. We had an expensive cast, and uh, we were fundraising, and, and, you know, not enough money came in. So it was during COVID. It was, it was during COVID. And um, the premise of that film's, film includes a, a grieving widow, and with grief comes possession because, you know, when you're grieving, you open yourself up to uh, evil, uh, in, in a sense, and you can be vulnerable to attacks spiritually. Um, that does come up in this film too. So we kind of, you know, because we weren't able to finish, uh, we weren't able to afford that film really. The things kind of combined with this. So there is also um, an aggressive, possessive drive in this film that nobody really. And no, they haven't really seen anything with it. With the trailers, we're keeping that really close to the chest. But that baby is going to reveal itself in the premiere, and people are going to not know how to handle it. <laughs> we have uh, Sam and Johanna Hodge as our guests here on 89.1 Kent FM, and uh, we got about uh, 15 minutes here. So we can do this here real quick. Uh, for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, as it air on Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Kent's FM uh, page on Facebook, you like that. Do a $10 a month donation, power tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Would you guys want to send us a few, of, uh, few autographs for giveaways of, if you guys are both could spare us some? Yeah, yeah. We'll get, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll get you some things out we there. We sure will. We'll send out some material for, for giveaways. Um, some some stickers, maybe maybe a poster or two, and some uh, signed eight by ten. Some pictures, I'll sign some pictures and and everything. So some good uh, model photography too. You know, I was going to say, John. You know what's going to make Redhead the big success, the big money maker that it's going to be? You know what's going to you know what's going to cause that to make a lot of money? What? Your accent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, thank you. I try to hi- I try to hide that somewhat when I'm acting, <laughs> and then I'm just normal self when I'm not acting. <laughs> well, what, what do you think? About, she's got a great accent, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. thank you. You, you. She should never hide that, should she? I mean, I, I would just project that amongst the masses. Well, thank you. So I, you know, honestly, when I when I met Donna, I thought about. Mary, her accent kind of reminded me of Mary Steenburgen from uh, 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 Back to the Future 3. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I understand if you guys don't want to ask, if you don't want to answer this question, but how long have you guys been together? Since 2019. Uh, we, we, we got engaged at Disney World in, in uh, 2020. Yeah, 2020. And uh, then we got married in 2021 in June. So uh, it feels like a long time, but it doesn't feel like it's 
you know, it, it, however long it ends up being in the end is not enough time ever. Did, did you propose on the teacup? What's that? No, did you propose no, on the teacups? I proposed in front of the castle. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, Matthias can attest to this. I believe you were there, Matthias. Uh, I actually uh, proposed to my wife on a foot at a football game. Oh, yeah? Wow. Well, yeah, who was playing? Uh, it was the, the Invaders, and uh, you were there, weren't you, Matthias? Yeah, I just can't remember who we were playing that game. It was more we were more focused on that than we were the team we were playing because we were destroying them anyway. Well, yeah, it was it was uh, the team from Min- it was a team from Minneapolis. It wasn't the Warriors, was it? Yes, it was, it was. It was the Warriors. It was the Warriors. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and see, you you were smart. You did it this way. I I had to ask my wife to marry me <laughs> in front of five thousand people because I figured she wouldn't say no in front of five thousand people. <laughs> there, was, there was more than that at Disney. It was a it was a very crowded thing, and uh, luckily enough, uh, my plan worked. And there was a photographer right there, um, so we I was like, hey, let's take a picture in front of the castle. And uh, I had her put her purse down, and uh, when she turned around, I was on my knee, and the photographer was like, oh yeah, and he started snapping pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'll what I'll do for you guys? And you, you, well, you probably won't care, but uh, actually, uh, the news. The local news here in our hometown, Fargo, North Dakota, actually covered the proposal. And they did a story about me proposing to my wife, and they called it Icon Taken. And I will send you a copy of that, uh, the news footage, so you guys can check it out. So you can see that, man, we got to get this guy on our film. If if they're going to come film his proposal, just imagine how many people he'll bring to the, the theaters. (laughs) That's awesome. That's hilarious. I love it. That's great. That is awesome. So now, what is... How long have you you all been... Okay, uh, I proposed in 2019. We were going to get married, uh, but uh, a thing called COVID hit, so we had to delay our wedding a year. We got married on September 25th, 2021, and uh, it was actually a big event. We had a all-sports wedding, and uh, a nationally syndicated comedian came down and did a performance for everybody during the reception. Uh, we had a nationally syndicated DJ come down, and they actually did a roast of the icon during the event as well. So it was a pretty big event. I like to go all out when I do stuff. That's great. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So now, if you guys are looking for someone that can bring the audience, I am your guy. All right. We like that. (laughs) We like like a strong personality. Yes, we do. You know, and the other thing I'll say, not that I'm breaking, but, uh, you know, Matthias, if they were to do a picture with you and I, they would be treated like kings here in Fargo, North Dakota, would they not? Oh, absolutely. And then you guys could do a premiere right here at our Fargo Theater. I guarantee it would it would sell out right away. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. That'd be great. And what what is your what is your guys' favorite thing to do whether it be uh and you guys can both ask this question. Do you uh do you guys each prefer to be uh acting, directing, writing or are they all on an equal foot? Um I'll go first. 
Uh, with me, I prefer to be directing, but uh, I'm also behind the scenes doing the editing, and, and I, I'm also a composer. So um, I've got like 25 film credits to me uh, as far as composing, and um, I really just enjoy it. I love it. I love scoring films when I'm... And when I'm directing a film, I have music in my mind as as well. Um, I do act once in a while, but that I don't really want anybody to really think about that too much. <laughs> uh, and then, Jonna, what do you what do you say? Um, I I help make films and I help do a lot of things with the film. But me, I'm to me, I'm more of an actress, I believe, um, because that's my main thing is is acting. Um, I feel like I have a passion for that. I have a big passion for the for making the movies too and the sound and helping with the effects and helping with everything that I do. But at the same time, I've got that huge passion and drive with the actress in me. Um, I, I really take it seriously. Um, and he, he's kind of noticed that that's a huge big deal to me. I want it to be so perfect that I even I always think and concentrate about how I want to be and how I want to act way beforehand, and I, and I just because um, I want it to be the best that I can do. She she goes all in. Okay, so there's a there's a scene at the beginning of Redhead, uh, basically where she's becoming uh, a, a crazy person. Um, <laughs> she, 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 okay, so she had to, she was being terrorized by cannibals in the, be, in the beginning of this movie. Uh, her husband gets murdered in front of her. Uh, she witnesses a, a, a lady get chainsawed, you know, in half. Um, she's abused horribly, and uh, through all this, there was one particular night that she had to go through stuff, and Jonna put herself into a tremendous place of uh, trauma to get the tears and the snot and everything correct. Uh, she really, and she she had to recover for about a week uh, emotionally from that. But I mean, she she is a marvel to watch, and and she's very impressive. Now, when you when you're uh, doing uh, when you're doing a scene, uh, Joanna, do you do you, you? It sounds like you go all out. But is there? Have you ever done a scene when everybody's like on? Man, that was just the greatest thing we ever see. I mean, we we can't do another take. We'll never, we'll we'll never top that. And then do you ever think like, well, you know what? I bet you I could do I could do it better. Does, it, does that ever happen, or do you just like take the compliment and just go on? Um, well, normally what we do is we plan out things before we do a scene, and um, I take that real seriously when I plan it out, and I plan it out in my mind when I read the script about in my head about how I want to do things and how I want to look. Um, and I, I think real hard about it. And normally we we do do different takes, but it's about the same thing because he gets different angles um, on the take. Um, and we always try to do the, the same. And the other actors and actresses try to do the same too. But it seems like, seems like about every time we're getting so that even with our other people that act, they they pretty much get exactly what we want out of it um, and really easy. And then when we go to the other angles, we don't really have to retake it unless there's something that, that Sammy sees that somebody is doing that he thinks isn't exactly what he wants. And he'll tell them, okay, let's see you do it this way or let's see you do it that way. And then once he sees that that's perfect, then he'll just tell them that was perfect and then he'll go in the other angles. Um, but it seems like we're getting kind of lucky on that, that, um, 
especially if it's something like that where you take yourself to drive yourself like that, we seem like we get it top notch and we look back on it and we're like, wow. And then sometimes it's like, man, I don't know if it could be any better than that after what way we just did this. It's 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 like phenomenal and we was really happy with it. And um, to see Sammy happy makes me really happy. It, it makes my day. <laughs> she can always tell what I'm going to take. Now, Sam, as a director, though, do you prefer having, like, a uh, filming your entire movie in a short time frame, like, within, like, a week or two weeks, or do you prefer having it, like, uh, a couple months? I mean, honestly, if if I had my my choice, I would love to have a couple months. Uh, I would love to have the money to be able to just take two months off and do nothing but film. Um, but we've done the, we've done the route where we've, like, reunion from heck one and two, um, we did those over a period of, I think, two and a half weeks and then almost three weeks for, for the second one. Uh, those were uh, a challenge because then when you get into editing, all of a sudden in, in the in post, you got all this footage that you're bringing home and, like, you're just sorting through it. And it's, it's kind of kind of chaotic. And, and uh, I feel like if you have a longer period of time, you give yourself time to kind of edit as you go. Uh, and that's that's a... I like doing that because then I feel like when you're going back and filming more, you have the evidence of, you know, hey, what you did in this past scene, um, it can be improved in this way. And what you also did is in this part was phenomenal. So just do more of that. Or, you know, it kind of helps also, it helps you understand the whole flow of the film. It helps to be able to look at how things are appearing on on the on the screen so that you can be consistent throughout the entire script. And uh, with that being said, I I did send you guys the uh, the the news story uh, of the proposal. I'll have you guys check that out and tell them what you think. But uh, so we can do, do this here. If our fans want to check you guys out, you guys are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or TikTok. What do you guys got? We have um, Facebook mostly, and uh, you can actually look up Redhead hyphen movie and you can also search Sinus Savage Films which Sinus Savage is spelled C-I-N-E Savage like Cinema Savage but it's Sinus Savage uh, so Sinus Savage Films and there we also are on, on Instagram as Sinus Savage Films and you can look up Jonna on Instagram as well with actress Jonna Hodge um, but then on Facebook you can add us as Sam Hodge and Jonna Hodge I mean we're you know we're not too uh too hard to find and we're really easy going right i'll tell you what you guys you guys have been awesome we, we only got about uh, 60 seconds here with you guys and like i like i said uh we do appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule to be with us tonight i know that uh, you guys are filming your movie and you guys are concentrating on that but to take time out of your schedule from what you guys are doing uh we definitely uh definitely appreciate you and uh our offer does stand. We would love to come out, and uh, it would make our it would make our century to come out and work for you, and to help you out any way that's needed, just to help get our foot in the door. We're willing to work with you and help you out, no matter what it is. Well, that's incredible. We really appreciate. We that. appreciate you so and, much. And thank, thank you so much uh, for getting us on here and talking yes, to us. Thank you. We appreciate you so very much. Now, would you guys be willing to come back if we haven't scared you away? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we would definitely come back. We appreciate it. Thank you. You're awesome. All got, of you are awesome. 
I got an idea. When you guys are ready to either release Redhead or start your next project, we'll bring you guys back to talk about it, and then we'll try and uh, get a job again with you guys. Thank you. Okay, yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> yes. All right, you guys are awesome. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Hodge family. Hey, uh, Matthias, wouldn't that be great if I can give us another gig? Yeah, like I said, every opportunity, knocking on the door, you got to take it. I mean, I, I know that we, you know, I know that uh, it, it's nice to get paid, but I, to me, to be honest with you, Matthias, I don't know what your thought is on this, but I don't need to get paid to help somebody out. If I if I can help somebody out, I mean, I've worked free all most of my life. However, if I if I can help make a difference on a set, whether it, like I said, carry their bags, get their cappuccino, whatever it is, uh, paint something, uh, do costumes, run the camp, whatever it is, I'm willing to work as hard as they need somebody, and they don't have to pay me a dime. The only thing, the pay that we get is the opportunity. Would you agree? Well, it all depends on the situation. Like it, it's similar to wrestling, whether you are willing to go out there and work pro bono or you are working there for the experience. But there does come a point to where if the money isn't there, you can't work it. Like I, I get it to the point, but but as I've always been told, especially wrestling, if you can't afford to lose, you can't you you won't gain much either. And and it's like I understand the experience and stuff, but. If, if we're going to travel, like, for instance, I'm not going to travel, I'm not going to spend $600 on a flight to go to the show, to go work a show and not get some form of compensation. Or or I'm not going to travel 15 hours by car going somewhere for just that, unless I'm traveling with somebody else where I don't have to pay as much, because I would... I mean, it all, it all depends on the situation. Well, what I would do is uh, just to work for uh, just work for the Hodge family. Like I would pay our all you'd have to do you drive. I'll pay the expenses. I'll get us all. I'll get us all. I'll get everything taken care of. I'll get us out there. You drive. I'll pay the gas. All that stuff. Just just to be, you know, if I could just be able to meet Joanna and uh, Sam, just to be able to meet them. And even if they kicked me off the set after ten minutes, it would still be it still would have made my life. But anyway, that's uh, something to talk about next week. Uh, we got about thirty seconds here, uh, so uh, join us next week. We got another big show, three guest show as always. Uh, but remember, it's not goodbye; it's just good night. Uh, until next week, love each other, care for each other. Join us every Monday night, 89.1 Ken's FM, right here, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, every Monday night. We love you all. Thanks for joining us. Matthias will be here next week. Grant will be here next week. So will I. Until then, we will let it do. And take care, everybody, because we are out. You think you know me?
Thank you. 